Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Jeannie Cunyon. Jeannie is the author of Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. Jeannie takes us on a journey to rediscover God's love through a better understanding of the Holy Spirit and unveils 30 little-known benefits of being in relationship with God's divine presence. We pray that through this episode, you realize why spirit help is far superior to self-help, that you learn how to activate the Spirit's power in your life, that you develop a deeper intimacy with Jesus, and that you see how the Holy Spirit can champion us. Hello, Jeannie. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Hey, Rachel. It's nice to join you. So you are the author of Parenting the Wholehearted Child, Mom yes. Set Free, and yes. now your latest release is Don't Miss Out, which is all about yes. daring to believe life is better with the Holy Spirit. Yes. So let's kind of go back to the beginning. You uh, <laughs> you were a, a preacher's kid and a Christian. Yes. You've been a Christian the majority of your life, but you still had questions about the Holy Spirit, which if we're honest, I mean, I know I do, and, and I would yes. say many of the women listening do as well. So yes. Would you just, I don't know, first begin today's conversation telling us about like what specifically were you questioning? Yeah, I um, was raised as a preacher's kid um, and the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to Jesus when I was eight years old. Um, And the church that my dad pastored was very much of a um, charismatic slash Pentecostal church. And so I actually had exposure and experience with um, the Holy spirit. Uh, the interesting thing for me is that he very much got boxed into that aspect of what he does in our lives. Um, and I, for the majority of my life missed out on just being aware of the other things he was doing in me or for me, or the more, the more that he wanted to do in me and for me. Um, if I would, open myself up to his presence and the work that he wanted to do in my life. And so it was several years ago. um, And to be honest, I didn't realize that I was missing out. I didn't, it wasn't like I felt this big void. I have a very um, dependent and intimate relationship with God, the father. I know how much I need him and I need his grace and um, I stumble along and I need his forgiveness every day, but I love him and I, and I seek to follow him. And so I don't even think I realized how much I was missing out on, but a few years ago, I just began to pray, Lord, I just want all of you. I mean, I just don't want to miss out on any part of you. And that wasn't a prayer for like him giving me things, you know, worldly pleasure. It was, I just wanted the person of Jesus, the person of God, the person of the Holy Spirit more in my life. And his answer to that prayer, which actually surprised me was giving me this very unexpected curiosity about the Holy Spirit. I just began to become very curious about him. Like, who who are you and what do you do? And do I know, do I really know what it means to live in the power of the Holy Spirit? Because I think what a lot of us do as Christians is we recite those seven words in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We recite those words in creeds or in prayers, or we sing them in songs, but do we really know what that means? And are we really experiencing the Holy Spirit's presence and power in our lives on a daily basis? 
And so that's what, that's where it began for me. And one of the first thing I, first things I did was I called my mom and I said, Hey mom, what are some of your favorite books about the Holy spirit? Because I want to start reading about him and I want to start opening scripture and studying him. And my mom said, I'm gave me a couple of books that she loves and they were incredibly powerful at the beginning of this journey for me. But I, she said, I'm just curious, Jeannie, like, why, why are you asking for books about the Holy spirit? And I said, I guess the Holy spirit, you know, like he is stirring in me. The spirit of God is stirring in me a desire to rediscover. And that's really what it's been for me, a rediscovery of who he is and why his work matters so much in my life and what I've been missing out on just by neglecting his friendship and his companionship for so long. Well, you know, the, the Holy spirit is kind of a controversial subject, I guess, because he's so invisible and he can be even like, it can be called like the Holy ghost, you know, like there's, Mm -hmm. there is so much controversy surrounding this entity of the Trinity. So why why do you think that that is other than the, the things that I just mentioned? Well, it's funny. I joke in the book that I could have, um, I could have just as easily named this book, how to lose friends and not make new ones, um, (laughs) or how to kill a conversation at a cocktail party. That's another one because I live in the Northeast. And so it's not as it's the culture is not saturated with Christians and Jesus followers. And, and even if it is, even if you're in the South, you know, the Holy Spirit, like you said, can feel spooky because he's been, his power has been abused and misused for personal fame and glory. And so, um, you know, it's when people say, what's your new book about? And I say, the Holy Spirit, they're like, "Uh, how are your kids? You know, it's like topic change, you know, like neither of us know. um, Yeah. What's for dinner. And so, and that's because he's so controversial and that's because there is so much baggage attached to him because of the way, um, he has been abused and misused. And so I am really, really excited about this book in the sense that I am hoping it reintroduces Christians to maybe a Holy Spirit that they've, the Holy Spirit that they've never been introduced to. It's like years ago, I read a book called The Jesus I Never Knew. And that was such a powerful book because it's kind of a reintroduction to the radical Jesus that sometimes, you know, we don't talk about. And so um, I'm kind of hoping this will be that for Christians who think they know who he is, but they've stayed away from him because there is this belief, I think, in the church and definitely in culture that the Holy Spirit is for the extremes, that he's either for the super spiritual, right? So he's for the people who, um, leaders and theologians and teachers who have gotten so close to God that they've gotten access to his spirit, or the Holy Spirit is only for the super strange, you know, only for the people who want to do um, strange things in his name. And so everybody in between those extremes, not everybody, but a lot of us are missing out on this beautiful daily filling and companionship and friendship that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be for us. And so I think it's controversial because because of the baggage and because of the abuse and misuse um, that we've that we witnessed. And I can tell you that when I began to feel the Lord stirring me to start writing what I was discovering as I was studying the Holy Spirit, I, it was like a hard no for me. <laughs> like, Lord, I know I said I'd do anything for you, but I really, really don't want to write a book about what I'm learning. I really don't. 
It is too controversial. Um, I think only high, you know, my, my, my insecurities were saying only highly trained theologians um, should write books about the Holy Spirit. Only people like Francis Chan and Billy Graham and John Piper and all these other theologians should, should be writing these books. Um, and then the truth was, I was like, I don't, I don't know enough about it myself. I'm really clearly discovering that I don't know enough. And the Lord was like, duh, that's why you're going to write this. Um, because I'm going to reveal my spirit to you in new and beautiful and fresh ways. And so as I started writing, I very quickly went from no way to thank you. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for inviting me into this because the last two and a half years have have been transformational for me. Just rediscovering who the Holy Spirit is has been such a beautiful walk um, with the Lord. And I would have said that I had an intimate relationship with God before, but um, it's it's even more beautiful now. You know, I mean, the Holy Spirit is God's personal presence given to us, living inside of us, and just to be able to go through life with this tender awareness of his love and his presence and his for us nature um, that is what the Holy Spirit does for us is, is just incredible. And so I'm just really excited about this book coming out and, um, and for more of my sisters in Christ and my brothers in Christ to maybe rediscover or maybe be introduced to him for the first time. You know, maybe for some of it's not, it's not even that we thought we knew him. It's that we actually know we, we don't really know him at all. And we don't know what we're missing out on because of that. Yeah. And it's just striking me now. And it's actually, it wasn't a question that I was going to originally ask you, but you know, for the woman that may be listening today that doesn't know who the Holy spirit is, you know, there, there's the Trinity. I feel like we need to maybe dive into like, there's God, the father, Jesus, the son, and then the Holy spirit. And, and something that um, recently somebody I'm close to, they, they kept saying over and over again, they're a spirit filled Christian. Oh man, they are such a spirit filled Christian. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of stopped him. I said, well, wait a minute, isn't anybody who is a Christian then filled with the Holy spirit? So like, why are you differentiating like a Christian and a spirit filled Christian? Aren't you as a Christian, you're That's filled with the good, Holy spirit. Yeah, so do you have anything question. to I don't know. Do you, do you have anything to say on? Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think sometimes we do just have to back up and go, who is he? Right. Because there's, he is, you know, there's God, the father, there is God, the son, and there is God, the Holy spirit, the three in one. And I remember being invited to speak at a church and, and one of the conversations that a woman said in our conversation prior was, you know, we're okay with you talking about God and that's really great. And, you know, you can definitely talk about Jesus, but we really prefer that you not talk about the Holy Spirit. And I think that is not an uncommon feeling because he is mysterious, although he is also very much made known. And he's also been treated as like the lesser than, the unequal, the the unnecessary part of the Trinity, which is exact the, the exact opposite of what we read about in scripture. They are equal and they are essential and each one um, plays an essential role in our lives. But in the same time, they are one, right? They are one God in three divine persons. And the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential to us living a Christian thriving life. He is essential. Um, and so when people talk about being spirit filled, 
I'm really glad you bring that up because I think one of the things that we fail to talk about in the salvation narrative is this beautiful exchange that happens when we put our trust in Jesus, right? When we put our trust and our faith in Jesus, God puts his spirit in us. That happens at the moment of salvation. We are filled with the almighty spirit of God, right? The resurrection power of God is given to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, he's not an it, he's not a force, he's not a wind, he's not a dove, he's not a fire, he's not the things by which he is symbolized. He is a divine person with a mind, a will, and emotions. He's he's an incredible friend and companion. And so when we take him out of that it force category and we recognize that he is a divine person equal with the father and the son, then it changes the conversation. Then I think we begin to go, okay, so what do I know of him? And what should I know of him if he matters that much? Um, but back to the spirit-filled point, yes, at the moment of salvation, we are given the Holy Spirit, but not all of us are living in the fullness of the spirit. That's the difference. We are filled with the spirit, but are we living in the fullness? Are we quenching him? Are we grieving him? Are we forfeiting the benefits of his presence? So I think when we talk about a spirit-filled person, it's my understanding of that. And the way I write about it is somebody who is full of the character of the Holy Spirit, full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, because they are living in step with the Holy Spirit. They are letting their lives be guided by the Holy Spirit. They are yielding to the authority of his life. And so for example, we just got back from our annual trip to Haiti. We go to an orphanage called Danita's Children's Home in Haiti. It's where our oldest son, Andre, grew up. And it's literally my favorite trip every year because these kids, these orphans are so full of the Holy Spirit. They are so full of the hope and the joy because it's a Christian orphanage and they are loved and nurtured in the most incredible way. And, and they are given the gospel and they know their need for God. And because they've been orphaned by their parents, they really cling to the fact that Jesus is Abba, that God, the father is Abba father to them. And they have this very intimate relationship with him and dependence on him and their lives just literally overflow with the hope and the love and the joy of the spirit. They're not perfect. You know, <laughs> none of us are, unless we're Jesus, we fall short. Um, but there is a tenderness to the spirit on that campus that, um, and I dedicated the book to them because when I go there, they give me this renewed thirst to just have him to be filled with the spirit, to be a spirit filled person. So I'm guessing maybe that's what she was referring to. I'd love to know your thoughts on that because we, we have the spirit, but if we're, if we're not living in step with him, if we're not yielding to him in our lives, um, then we're not going to manifest his fruit and his character. Um, so that's my, and when I speak of a spirit filled person, that's, that's oftentimes what I mean. I just see the Holy spirit in, in the way they live and the way they speak because their lives, this is really important. Their lives glorify Jesus. To me, that's a spirit filled person because the whole goal of the Holy spirit is to glorify Jesus. Jesus said, he will glorify me. And so when I'm with somebody or I see somebody's life who just points me to Jesus, whose life really shines the spotlight on Jesus. I'm like, you are full of the Holy spirit because that's what he does in us and through us. He makes our lives, um, point others to the love and the beauty of, of Jesus and what he's done for us.
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, the whole part behind this podcast is to be love offerings and because he is love, we can then love as he loved. And so it's yeah. just, and like, he's given us that fruit of the spirit to, um, to do that, to be that fruit, to be that love. And, you know, and I, and I love the fact that you have written this because it's obviously transformed your life, this discovery. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, I want everybody else to have this too, this transformational experience. And then this effect that it could have, you know, as we continue to shine his light, wherever we go, it'll just continue. And so I, I, let's dive a little bit deeper into you. You've actually identified five things that we should know about the Holy spirit. Yeah. So what, what, I mean, you can mention all five. I know that's a lot of, you're giving away maybe a lot of your book, but no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm happy to give all of it away. Would you tell us about those five things that um, we should know about him? Yeah. So the book is, um, the book is basically 30 benefits to the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, right? So I've broken it down into 30 short chapters and each one is kind of a new benefit that I discovered as I studied the Holy Spirit in scripture. Um, but I, I created a resource on my website and almost is not a teaser, but a foretaste of what's to come. And so I just kind of took the first five chapters and said, these are the first five things that I kind of benefits that I highlight. And the first one is that the Holy Spirit is for our good. And I will tell you that I did not realize that Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit that way. I'm like how I'm 45. How have I been following Jesus for 37 years at the time? It was like 34 when I started, you know, reading, but how did I not know that? How did I, I guess I knew, but it just didn't land on. It's like the Holy Spirit again in, in highlighted it or illuminated it afresh for the first time. Cause I've read John 14 through 16. I don't know how many times. Right. But what the Holy Spirit does is he illuminates things for us that we've read before that we've never noticed. And so the first thing is, you know, Jesus said, it is, it is for your good that I ascend to the father, because if I don't, the Holy Spirit won't come, but if I go, he will come to you. And so I think it's really important for us, for people who love Jesus, but don't know how they feel about the Holy Spirit, right? There's a lot of mistrust. Jesus himself said, it is for your good. It is to your advantage that he comes. So if Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit that way, we should sit up and listen and pay attention and, and want to know why he said that. So the Holy Spirit is for our good. That's really important. Um, the second thing is what you and I basically already talked about, which he is a gift to all who believe that he is not somebody you get access to at some point in your faith walk. Once you reach a certain level or obedience or theology that every Christian, every person who's put their trust in Jesus has been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like salvation, he is a gift of grace for all who believe. Um, the third thing is that he takes up residence inside of us. And we touched on that, that he is not somebody who, um, like pre-Pentecost, where he could come upon somebody for a specific reason, but then he could also remove his presence. Um, the Holy Spirit is internal and eternal, and he never leaves us. We don't ever have to be worried about him abandoning us or giving up on us. Um, it's actually his work to remain in us and continue to convict us and sanctify us. So I think that's just beautiful that he the third thing is he makes his home in us. Um, and then the fourth thing is he never leaves us. We never have to worry about being abandoned by him because he is, 
because his character is the same as God, the father and God, the son, and they will never abandon us or forsake us, nor can the Holy Spirit. Um, and then the fifth thing we talked about, which is he glorifies Jesus, that um, he is, if we want our lives to glorify Jesus, to magnify the father, um, then we want to get to know the Holy Spirit. Because I think a lot of Christians buy into this idea that we have to strive to do that, that it's on the onus is on us to <clears throat> bear fruit, uh, to grow in sanct the sanctification of, you know, the Holy Spirit. And it's called the fruit of the spirit for a reason, right? It's not called the fruit of Rachel or the fruit of Jeannie <laughs> or, you know, the fruit of anybody else. It is called the fruit of the spirit because only he can produce those character traits, that fruit in us. And so, and all of that is the purpose of that. The fruit is to glorify the father. And so he, as we yield our lives to him, he produces these things that so many of us are striving so hard to produce in our lives. And Rachel, as you know, love being, you know, the first and most important of them. So we're, we're trying to lead loving lives. We're trying to be loving people. We're trying to love enemies that are really hard to love. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we can't do that without the Holy spirit. Um, you know, Jesus said, you can do no good thing apart from me. And it's the Holy spirit in us. It's the, it's Christ in us that enables us to love as he first loved us. So it's really, honestly, it's, it's such a relief. If you think about it, it's like the pressure's off yeah. to try to play the Holy spirit's role in our lives. Um, he's given us the spirit. And the question for us is, are we settling and are we forfeiting the benefits of his presence or are we um, opening ourselves up to what he wants to do in us? But that requires trust. And so the only way we trust him is to get to know him. Hmm. Well, you know, you mentioned that he is a gift to us, but he also gives us spiritual gifts. Yeah. And so what truths have you discovered regarding spiritual gifts? Yeah, there's, um, there's one chapter called he gives us spiritual gifts um and it focuses on the nine gifts of the spirit that every believer is i, I pulled out 10 truths about the spiritual gifts and i'm really excited for people to read those and then i do a spiritual i offer a spiritual gift survey at the back of the book so for somebody saying well, i don't know what mine are i didn't even know i had one or do i have one the answer is yes you do every believer has been given at least one spiritual gift and the gifts are meant for the common good. God, the Holy Spirit gave us these gifts to build up the church. And so whatever gift you have matters. It matters so much. It's, it's been uniquely chosen for you, whether you have one gift or many gifts. Um, but the Spirit chose that gift for you. And it's to your benefit and the common good to discover what that spiritual gift is and then discover how you can use that gift to build up the church. We need whatever gift he's given you. So um, yeah, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have spiritual gifts and he wants you to know what those are. It's important that we know our gifts so that we can partner with God and the work he wants to do through us to build up the church. A term that you use in your book is super over natural life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so would you break this down for us? I've never heard that word. Yeah. yeah, obviously. So one of the titles I kind of played with was supernatural, uh, you know, and I, and I, but as I began to think about it, I really, it's really much more about choosing a supernatural life over the natural life. And we have the ability to do that if we have the Holy spirit, right? He is, 
what the Holy Spirit does in us is supernatural. It's, 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 you know, in Ephesians 3, 17 through 20, he does immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine through the power that is at work within us. And so I think so many of us are settling for life in the natural realm, just doing what we're capable of doing in the flesh, doing what we can muster up, doing what, um, even, even when it comes to transformation, you know, at best we can touch up parts of our lives. I say in the book where we do touch ups, but the Holy spirit does transformation. He does supernatural work from the inside out, whether that's strongholds or patterns of sin or shame that we need lifted off of us. Um, whatever it is that we need in our life, the Holy spirit is, is capable, whether it's healing, whether it's miracles, this is the supernatural, the super overnatural way of life. And again, it goes back to, are we settling for the natural realm, the natural life when God has given us his Holy Spirit and, and is inviting us to live in this super overnatural life, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, to live empowered by the Holy Spirit. So think about this, right? This is like one of the coolest discoveries. And again, somebody listening might go, how did she not know that? <laughs> but, but I'm really honest in the book about all these moments where I'm like, how did I not know this? And I think maybe it's because I'm such a... Um, I don't rely heavily on the Enneagram, but if you ask me what my number was, I would say I'm a one. I'm, I'm a very um, like self-reliant, self-driven, all the things that need to be purged from me in order to live a spirit-filled life, right? And so I think I've just been so trying to do so much on my own. And when you look at scripture and you look at how Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? When he was baptized, the spirit came down on him and then Jesus went and did ministry, right? He it says, in fact, it says Jesus, comma, full of the Holy Spirit, comma, you know, went, you know, went into the desert and was tempt tempted by Satan and defeated that temptation. But all of this was empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus did ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said to the disciples, when he ascended, do not try to do any of the work I've given you to do until you have the Holy Spirit. You know, if you're going to try and go spread the gospel and be witnesses for me in your own power, it's not going to go well. So I need you to wait, go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And 10 days later at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell and these men were utterly transformed, right? I mean, it was just like Peter is the, the he, Peter is such a great case study. I dedicated an entire chapter just to what happened in the life of Peter when the Holy Spirit um, came upon him at Pentecost. And so if Jesus was empowered by the Spirit, and the disciples needed to be in, empowered by the Holy Spirit. What business do we have trying to do anything without relying on the power of the Holy Spirit? And that for me is what the super overnatural life is, welcoming the Holy Spirit's power in our lives um, so that we can live out our divine purpose with the power of God and not trying to do it um, without him, not trying to, you know, not trying to do it in our own strength, um, or in our own wisdom or in our own resources or in our own talents. Um, but only through the power of the Holy spirit. 
You, you know, you, you kind of alluded to this and I'm wondering if you have anything else to say, but you encourage readers to not settle for self-help when God has given us spirit help. Yeah. So can you tell us more about this tendency that we have and how to be more reliant on the spirit? Yeah, I think it's super, it's similar to that super overnatural idea that um, it's not that I'm not knocking self-help. Um, you know, I have a master's in social work and in counseling, and I believe in, and my husband and I go to marriage counseling. Like I believe in all the things that we have to do to take practical steps to grow, um, and, and to fulfill the callings on our lives, but to only rely on self when we have been given the Holy spirit, that is, that is the point of that, you know, spirit help is greater than self-help. You know, why would we only rely on what we bring to the table when we have the spirit of God um, to grow and to change? And so uh, my encouragement in the book is, you know, while self-help can be good, spirit help is so much better because he can do so much more than we can ask or imagine if we are willing to um, yield to his authority in our lives. It does require uh, us saying, I want to. I want to stay in step with you. And that means when you, when I feel your conviction or your nudge in my spirit to turn from sin and to turn to Jesus, I need to follow that, right? You know, the, the Galatians says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves because the flesh and the spirit are always battling each other. And so we have a choice to make. Are we going to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives? Are we going to stay in step with his conviction? his loving conviction in our life, which is radically different than condemnation that comes from the accuser. Um, but are we going to stay in step with him and yield to his leading in our lives? Or are we going to say, I'm going to go over here and do this thing. I know what it feels like to do that. I'm sure we all do, right? Like we feel his conviction, but we want to do that thing or buy that thing or say that thing or drink that thing or whatever it is. And, and we either yield or we don't. Um, and then we either reap the benefits or clean up the mess, right? <laughs> so I think that living spirit led is a lot about um, following the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's his gift of love in our lives to keep us on this beautiful path that God has designed for us so that we can fulfill these the callings that he's uniquely given each one of us. So yes, there are really important things for us to do. Um in terms of cooperating, we have to cooperate, you know, it's a way to think about it. Um, but as we do that, you know, our, our job is obedience and, and the Holy Spirit's job is to produce holiness. And so as we stay in step, he will produce the Holy Spirit produces holiness in our lives. Or, you know, another way to think about it is just the fruit of Jesus, you know, growing in the likeness of Jesus. So, um, yeah, I just, I'd encourage people to not forfeit the benefits of having spirit help um, because he can do so much more in us than we can do even on our best day. You, you actually say in your book that it, it won't always be easy, but it will be so worth it. Yeah. This, this living by the spirit. And so I'd love to just, you know, we've talked about the marked difference from, you know, there's kind of a before and after story with you. It's like, I, I used to not know this now I do. And now this, so I'd yeah. love for you just to talk, just tell us what has been the biggest mark difference because you have discovered the Holy spirit, um, the, his workings more so in your life. That's a really good question. It's hard to narrow it down. I think there's 
a fresh, um, a fresh willingness to admit my weakness. And I've always believed that there is freedom in like Christians should have the freedom to admit our weakness because, um, the grace of God, the power of Christ is manifested in our weaknesses. And so we get to experience that when we are willing to say, I am weak, but he is strong and he manifests that in me. But I think one of the coolest things about the Holy Spirit that I've discovered is he champions us. And I never realized that before, you know, when Jesus talks about the helper and common words um, or translations are, he's an advocate, he's a comforter, he's a strengthener, he uh, is an intercessor. Um, but there's also this word champion, that he champions us. And especially the fact that he champions us in weakness. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that, that I have this champion living in me who, who helps me in my weakness, whether that's through prayer or through strengthening me or through giving me joy in circumstances that are not joyful. Um, he gives us a hope um, that he makes us abound in hope in ways that we can't without that supernatural hope overflowing in us when, when circumstances look bleak, when we see things in our kids' lives that make us feel hopeless, when we see things in, in family relationships that feel heavy and hard and, and um, unsolvable or uncurable. Um, I think the Holy Spirit gives us a hope that supersedes circumstances. And I'm really grateful for that too. So I told you I couldn't just say one. I just love him. I just, mm -hmm. I just can't believe I've missed out on him for so long. And, and this is the other really cool thing. And I guess we could, you know, an encouragement to any of your listeners is one of the beautiful things that's happened is Jesus has shown me where the Holy Spirit has been at work all along. It's not like because I've been neglecting so much of the benefits of his presence that he withdrew or, or didn't work in my life. I just failed to appreciate it. Like that's what it is. There's like this incredible new appreciation for his friendship. Um, because he continued to work in my life. He was comforting me in really hard things that I've walked through and, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I can look back now and go, oh, Holy Spirit, how you comforted me in that. And so I'm just so grateful um, for, for what he was doing. And now I'm just really grateful that I know more of, of the benefits of having his presence that I can um, better enjoy and use to glorify my father. Mm -hmm. So it's an appreciation for sure. Yeah. Well, so I, I think everybody listening is like, okay, I want this. I want the Holy <laughs> Spirit. You know, I know his power. I know what the benefits are. Like, but how do I, what do I do? You know, we know so much of it. We need to lean on him, but what, what's the step we should take? you like, I really want to get practical on this. Like, yeah. how do we activate the spirit's power in our lives? Like we, we didn't, but we want to. So what do we yeah. do? Yeah. So uh, we could do another three hours on that, right? Um, <laughs> I, I do promise it's all in the book. There you go, by the book. Uh, but I will say, let's go to the words of Jesus. Jesus said, ask. Mm. So he said, how, you know, um, you as parents give good gifts to your children, but how much more will the father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Mm. He said, ask. So I've known that verse for, I don't know how long. And I fail to recognize that the thing Jesus is telling us to ask for is the Holy spirit. And I've always said, oh yeah, we give good gifts to our children. How much more, 
you know, will God give good gifts to those of us who ask, but the good gift, the greatest gift is the Holy spirit. So start by asking, I'm an empty, I have an, I bring you an empty cup. I bring him an empty cup in the morning, in the afternoon, at night, fill me afresh with your spirit. Make me aware of your presence. Like I am open and I am hungry and Maybe I haven't trusted you before now because I've heard things about you that freak me out, or I've seen things that freak me out, or I just didn't think I needed you because I'm pretty much pulling this off, you know, well enough. And if we believe that, then we're in denial. Um, and so go to him and just say, I'm asking, I really want to know your Holy Spirit and then go to the word. You have to be in the word of God. That is the Holy Spirit wrote the Holy Bible. He illuminates scripture for us. He teaches us what the Bible says. And so go to the word of God, start in John 14 through 16, just read about what Jesus said to the disciples about the ministry of the Holy spirit, read the book of acts, see the, the crazy difference it made in the disciples lives when the Holy spirit filled them. Um, and then read, don't miss out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, okay. That's right. (laughs) So based on today's conversation around the Holy Spirit, how do you think that we can best be love offerings? This is a question I ask all my guests, but based on our conversation, how do you think we can be love offerings? Hmm. I think I, I think I just kind of said it, which is to be filled with the Holy Spirit because he is love. He, the Holy Spirit is love. He's been labeled a lot of things and not often love, but the Holy Spirit is love. And in scripture says that he makes us abound, like overflow with love, abound in love. So I really do believe that the more full of the Holy Spirit we are, the more we will live love daily. Um, And I know when I'm not manifesting the fruit of the Holy Spirit, because there is no love, right? (laughs) Right. And the people around us can be like, you're not living by the Holy Spirit today. My kids are like, you ain't (laughs) living by the Holy Spirit today, mama. Um, It's no secret when I'm functioning in the power of genie. It's real clear. Um, But I would, you know, I know there's probably a more practical answer I could give, but I think we fail sometimes to, we don't realize that he really is, the Holy Spirit is love and he manifests love in our lives. So whatever is before you, you know, whether it's parenting or a marriage or a job or a calling or a ministry, um, love will infuse that if you are doing it um, with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Back to the basics. It's the foundation. So good. Well, so I know I want to stay connected with you and I'm sure listeners are going to want to as well. So tell us how we can best do that. Um, JeannieCunyon.com is my website. Instagram is JeannieCunyon. Everything's JeannieCunyon. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll spell Um, that in the, I already already said like, how do I say this phonetically? I want to make sure I got this right. So it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Somebody the other day said, I've never seen so many N's in one name. (laughs) And I was like, actually my son Brennan Cunyon has me beat with one N. Um, but yeah, and I really, truly, I say this and I mean it, I love to hear from people like find me on Instagram, reach out. If you're reading the book, like I, I, I love having these conversations and, and making new friends. I don't want followers. I want friends. Mm -hmm. So finally let's connect. And, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to, to start having all these really cool conversations about the Holy spirit when it comes out. I'm so excited. And thank you for having me. This was really, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Oh, me too. It was, I'm glad that you 
were bold enough and had the courage to go ahead and write on this subject, even though it's a controversial one, but I really believe that, I mean, this is the most, one of the most impactful things that we can do and, and how much we all want to live by his spirit. And so I just pray that over every woman listening, that this is a marked moment that we live, um, more by his spirit and in his power and that it affects and transforms every relationship because of it. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Jeannie Kenyon. We hope that you realize the power that the Holy Spirit has to transform your life and the lives of those around you. Our love offering this week is to start with asking. Jeannie said that the more that we are with the Holy Spirit, the more we will live love daily. If you are interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams Author on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm also now over on Pinterest. You can find me just by searching for the love offering. I'd also love to connect with you just in a deeper and more personal way over on the love offering Facebook community. There we just dive in deeper each week to the the podcast, to the blog series, and we just encourage one another to live faithfully and love fully. All this information can come straight to your inbox each week by going to my website at rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive the weekly love offering newsletter. If you have not yet subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Love Offering podcast, I'd so appreciate if you would take the time to do that, just so more women can hear this Love Offering message. Next week, my guest is Katie McCowan. Katie is the ministry leader of She Laughs, and she has written a book called She Smiles Without Fear. I can't wait for you to hear that episode, but until then, I hope you have a terrific week, and as always, remember to lead with love. Love.